0: Hello friends and welcome to Talking Transformative Love, the podcast that talks vocation, love and mission, celebrating the valiant woman that was Mary Ward. Before we get into this episode, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country, all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people across Australia, paying our deepest respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome friends to Talking Transformative Love podcast. Today, In Ballarat, we have Felicity Noble, who is the assistant principal for faith and identity.
1: Thanks, Joanne.
0: Felicity, you were born in Melbourne, a great place, because you know that's my hometown, and moved to Country Victoria as a child. What do you believe is the philosophy or belief system that shaped your childhood and continues to form who you are today? And if you really wanted to tell
1: us, your, what is your image of God? I think in definitely family. Yeah. Uh, and also growing up in a rural community was really defining. Also, I had the pleasure of being educated by really strong, capable women. And who were they? So I was educated initially by Bridgetines in Wangerada yes. at St Bernard's Primary School and then came to Benalla where I was educated by the FCJs. Yeah. And then had the opportunity to go back to the Bridgetines, and then in university, I was taught by the Mercy Sisters at uh, Mercy University in Ascot Vale, which is now no longer there. So you've been my, surrounded I'm, by nuns your sur- whole I have, life. I have been surrounded by these religious, beautiful religious women all of my yeah. life. Also, but you um, didn't join any of the no. obviously orders. <laughs> they wouldn't have me join. They wouldn't have me. Yeah, but also growing up in a community, I'm one of six children, and mum and dad who were just highly involved in community, highly involved in Catholic Church, but also just they lived and breathed their, their yeah. faith. There was no distinction between our life and our, and our Catholicism. So mum yeah. and dad just did. They got out there and, and did things. And that was just trained into us that this is you, you live you live your religion. And yeah. you, you, you can recognise it in people. And also having that backup of these religious sisters that they just had high expectations of us, yeah. all of us kids that they taught. And they were hard. They were sometimes harsh. Yeah. And they rode you. They they made sure that you did what you were supposed to do. And it's something that just continues to come back to you where they lived out the charism of their founders at, at every point. Yeah. There's, there's still things that I do and th- things that I say and I think, I can hear that in other people that went to school with me. Yeah. And that's really, that's that that, that to me is Catholic education. That's what being a Catholic is.
0: Yeah. So then because, because you went to so many different Catholic schools and different charisms or values,
1: I suppose what makes Loretto values distinct? For me, starting at Loretto, I started back in around 2010 and really got involved i love the story i love the story of mary ward i yeah. love that story of gonzaga barry um and it, it it does match in with the Brigidine story it matches in with the fcj story and even an order that i taught it with over overseas but also the mercy order you can see it yeah that that's what i love i'm very visual you can see it at the school and it's so um it's tangible You can get the kids really involved, you can get the staff involved by the simple fact that you can't argue with the fact that what Mary Ward did at that time was exactly what was needed at that time.
0: Yes. Mm. That she
1: stood up for women, she said there was a better way of doing things. Equally, when Gonzaga came out to Ballarat, that she looked around and went, this is what's needed in Ballarat, but what's more, I'm going to continue this story elsewhere. And she went above and beyond with, with educational philosophies that we still keep on coming back to and going, actually, that's really... What we need to be about, yeah, and she did that over nearly 150 years ago, Mm. and we're still talking about it. So it's about, I suppose,
0: legacies that are still relevant today. And you and Gonzaga, best mates I've
1: heard. (laughs) Absolutely, we we might have to change your name. (laughs) I doubt that. If I. How brilliant would that be? And it's never going to happen, and we jest about it to be held up in the same light as Gonzaga. Yeah, I just, that that would blow my mind, and I'm nowhere near that you are. All jokes aside, I just feel like you're just best mates
0: with Gonzaga.
1: Um, That's what I've learned from you, really.
0: (laughs) And you're also as busy, actually busier than Pope Francis, and I keep calling you Pope Francis. Because uh, every time I ring you, you're super busy. <laughs> so no, Gonzaga. Yeah, it's. It, I guess in a sense, it's about women who f- see the need and do something. But even more than that, it's actually also about boundary breaking. Women. It is,
1: and I mean, you're quoting Mary McKillop when you're saying um, seeing an need and doing something about it. That was something that Mum and Dad actually taught us when we were growing up. Mum was educated by the Josephites in Lansfield. And that was a continuous conversation at our house that you cannot walk by something. You, you've got to do something about it. You've got it. to do something. You've got to be ready for action. And God help the person that's not it. when we were growing up. You, you simply <laughs> had to do. And it was just instilled in us. Yeah. I actually thought mum talked so much about Mary McKillop prior to her being beatified, prior to her being becoming a saint. And I actually thought to myself, surely when this woman becomes a saint, the conversation's over.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: And that's just you can see exactly why Mary McKillop and Mary McKillop and Gonzaga wrote letters to each other. Yeah, yeah. And you can absolutely see why mm. they did.
0: So I suppose your faith is really about action. Yeah, absolutely. Um now, obviously you're the assistant principal for faith and identity. What does that entail?
1: I joke sometimes and say, you know, it's hard being Captain Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what it is, and, and, and I, I will say that we're the most important part of the school. Mm. We're, the faith and identity in a Catholic school is the thing that separates us from every other school. Yes. And mm. that, that's, that embodies exactly who we are. Yeah. And to ignore it is to, or to say it's not relevant, is to simply wipe Loretto. Yeah, because and you can't do that. Can't do that. No. What we're facing at the moment is we've, we've got students and we've got staff and we talk about this a lot that there is a, a definite phase that we're going through and it, it's a stage more so that we don't have the exact understanding of what when you were taught by the religious and that when there was a change over to the lay um, teachers that came in yeah. more and more in the 1970s and 80s we're changing again and that's exciting. Yeah. Because we're we're in a changing demographic, we're in a changing society. That Catholicism is going to be even more relevant moving forward. But it's choosing, or seeing, or recontextualizing, reimagining how that can be present in our world. I guess education uh, is who we are and what we do, in a
0: sense. You've been an educator and leader for over twenty-two years. Lived
1: overseas for five years. Tell us about the power of education. I think, and, and this probably goes back to being, working at, or going to a country school mm. and being at a Catholic school the whole way through. So I went from grade prep all the way through my university degree and I still keep on going back to ACU. So I've never been outside of Catholic institutions for my own education. I only spent three years outside of Catholic ed. So I have been, I'm firmly, I think, institutionalised in regards to Catholic ed. <laughs> I, and I stick with it. And people often ask me, you, you could get a job somewhere else. Yes, yeah. You could easily get And I, I don't believe that for a second. I think there would be lots of good competition out there. There's some fantastic teachers out there. So my ego is fine. But I believe in Catholic education. Mm. Absolutely. And Catholic education was meant to be in order to bring Catholic people with the understanding of their Catholic values, their Catholic ethos, to educate them and to make sure that they had positions within our society because yeah, then our mm. Catholic ethos would infiltrate everything yes. that we do. That that was the whole goal of it, yeah. that if you educate kids within this structure, look what could happen to society. Mm, mm. And I continue to believe in that very, yeah. very strongly because we are giving our students, whether it be university graduates, whether we, if you're working at ACU or if you're working in all boys co-ed, girl school if you're working in kindergarten you are instilling in them straight up who they are is very much about being catholic and you don't have to be a baptized catholic to yeah. be a catholic yeah. either you know i don't believe you have to turn up to sunday mass i, I agree mm. but you can instill these understandings and these values that as a secondary school teacher when you're teaching year 10 and they are you know 16 year old particularly 16-year-old girls, they're a beautiful bunch of kids. Yeah. But you can't actually see it then, but you're still instilling in them something very special that will only really be seen later on. Yes. I, we never get to see it, but you're, you're so hopeful that it's not just the maths classes or the English classes, that we are just showing them a glimpse of oh, what yeah. a better place this world could be. Yeah, yeah. And if you're working in Catholic education and you're not thinking that, yeah. then perhaps you probably need to find another place. Mm, yeah. Because Catholic education is holistic. It focuses on everybody. It doesn't mean that every student that leaves the place has to have these high academic qualifications. If I employ a female that's an electrician, yeah. I want to know that she's got foundations in great education, but she's not going to rip me off. Yeah, that she's been absolutely. taught a particular ethical way of living yeah. that we've instilled in her at Loretto. Or, yeah. at, or at any Catholic school. Mm. Also love the fact that at a Catholic education, you can come from anywhere and become something. Yes, yeah. There's no distinction mm. in that the, where our Catholic schools are set up, even if you look down in Melbourne or across Australia, every single kid should be given the absolute chance to do something really brilliant. Yeah. and to be brilliant yeah. and, and it doesn't have to be that they're going to be superstars they're just going to be a great person because of the school that they went to yeah they're going to be one day going i know that why is that oh that was that charism i, I still know mary ward i still know mary mckillop i still know Catherine mccauley yeah. all the all these things they were radical women led by a radical person who was jesus who just came to this earth with this sense of something different's got to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and look what we can do Mm. if we can all team up.
0: So then how did you come across Loreto and what have been the moments of grace and also moments where you were challenged?
1: I came across uh, Loreto when I saw a job in an um, an advert when I was living and working in Vietnam. And we were about to move back to Ballarat. My husband had a job at St. Patrick's College and... I saw a job at Loretto and when I'll, I'll apply it was a contract and so I arrived there and um, got a job. And you've been there? Off and on since 2010. Yeah. So I had some time off for babies, etc., and kindergartens and, and various things that um, working mums have to deal with. But it has been a, a pure joy. When you walk through the gates of Loretto, people comment on how beautiful it is, obviously, on the outside. Well, hopefully what they see when they walk in there is something very different amongst the staff. Yeah. You could have beautiful grounds, but it's our staff and our our students that make Loretta who it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think in in terms of grace, for the third year in the row, I've been able to place a um, Jubilarian crown on Mary Ward statue. Ah. As our students graduate, we we talk to them about the same thing each year, that when our Mary Ward statue is situated, and if you haven't been to Ballarat, you have to get to Ballarat to see the beautiful gardens, beautiful buildings. But the way in which they've positioned Mary Ward is that it looks like she's walking out.
0: Yes, yes. it does. And she's I think facing that's...
1: facing the gate. She's facing the gate. I, I love it because we consistently talk to our students and we talk to our staff about this, that we are developing them at our school for what's beyond the gate. And so yes. Mary Ward is... If you look at her, she's charging right out the gate yeah. and you get a great view of the fact that she's looking to the rest of the world. Mm. So when we place that crown on the students' heads... And we yeah. talk to them about the fact that the crown's beautiful, but it's, it's actually what we're placing on them is that you're going to walk out that gate like Mary Ward, and what are you going to do next? You're taking with you those five values of yeah. you know, sincerity, justice, freedom, verity, and importantly, felicity. Yeah. What are you going to do next? How yeah. are you going to show your world that this is who I am? And we're, we're hopeful, and I always say this with our students, that they're able to be, that people know it. go, you went to Loretto. So another Loretto. Yeah. It's not just the ring, yeah. but another student can go. I've heard that. That's that's Loretto.
0: Yeah, I can. I it's can tell. It becomes their identity yeah. as well.
1: I can tell you come from Loretto. Oh, what school did you go to? Loretto could tell it straight away, because that's what we want them to embody every last bit of that. And so when we put the crowns in their heads, we always say them lovely bunch, you know, lovely flowers. Look what you've got. But this is the responsibility of next. Yeah, yeah. we've crowned you. We've gone. You're good to go. Now get going. Yeah, just like Mary Ward. So yeah. placing that crown on Mary Ward every year, and just think, well, she's seen another lot through. Mm. Here, here's the next set of people. These 150 or so students that are going to, like Teresa Ball said, set the world on fire. Yeah, and they will, and they will in yeah. their own special way. And it mm. might not happen, you know, next year. It Might not happen in ten years, fifteen years, whatever it is. They've got every opportunity because of what we've done at yeah, the college. absolutely.
0: I know family is very important to you, it and is it's indeed. important. To everyone, I think, but uh, well, I asked you on the phone, Felicity. What's really important to you? And you said, family and friends. Observing that context or speaking from that context, what gives your life energy and what makes Felicity Felicity?
1: What does? I, I suppose it is love of family, love mm. of life, and and there is nothing better than when you. I, I remember sitting down and watching. And I don't get emotional with this. Where I, I remember watching my dad when he was really unwell, and he sat down at the end of the table. And I remember thinking to myself, look what you've done. All of us were there and gathered in that space. And, you know, whatever food they were eating, who who cares that day. But I remember looking at him going, you can't even quantify what you've done in this space. And I know that he made, and we all make mistakes along the way. We're not perfect, but look what you've done. Mm -hmm. And I just, I keep on thinking that, when you're with family, and you don't have to be a mum or a dad to experience it, you can do so many things, even within a classroom or with nieces and nephews, or any. You can just be that role model and special mm-hmm. person. But I think it's taking a breath and going, Sigh. you can make such an impact in that space, mm-hmm. whether it's providing a great education, mm-hmm. and I hope that's what I'm doing for my own kids. A lot of laughs, yeah, a lot of memories, a lot of you know terrible holidays, terrible road trips two dogs that are totally disobedient, (laughs) you know, messy house, all those things and meals that don't often work. But what are you forming in in that space? You're forming a group of people that just love. Yeah. So I, I often say my, you know, five siblings, they are the five people that would drive me insane the most but if anybody was asked, who do you want to sit down and have a meal with? They're the five that I would choose straight up. Yeah. And I hope it's they amazing. never listen to this because they'll never let me live it down. Oh, that's beautiful. But, but mm. th- they can make you laugh. They know exactly who you are. And I'm including that as well, cousins and relatives and different different people. But if I always find it very difficult if people don't have that, Yeah. That just that unconditional love that someone can find find out what you're doing and go, is that good enough for you? And they question you constantly. I've got aunts that will still question me or tell me you can do that. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And if you've got people backing you all the time and, you know, they're not always saying to you, I love you, but in every action, and it comes back to that action of someone's showing you you're good enough. Yeah. And hopefully that's what we can transfer sometimes, you know, in a Loreto Classroom. I'm sure that there are lots of kids that hate me when I'm, you know, writing them about something. Have you done this? Why are you doing it that way? You can, you can do better. But love can be shown through those really great boundaries.
0: Yeah, and and that's that's really love, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's um, absolutely love. It's knowing someone, and I think our families are the best example of that because yeah. they know you through and through, yeah, been through the journey with you, and they can. Pull you up on things and say, actually, like what you just said, is is that the best you can do? Is that the is best that, thing you can yeah. do?
1: And if you, if I look look at that and go, yep, yeah, Dad, Dad was very strict, Mum, Mum was very strict, but they had so much a capacity for love, yeah. and a capacity to to bring people with them. They weren't affectionate in that, and they didn't have to be. There was six of us. I mean, you know, there was lots of things going on. They worked in very busy jobs, but we also had that repeated again at school. Yeah. We also had that repeated again in our Catholic church. Where people loved each other in that community mm. because it was a small community. You knew people. Yeah. But equally again, you had it in sporting clubs and all these other areas. That's the foundation where it's total action in terms of drawing people in. Yeah. And keeping them and making sure that they're safe and loved
0: and cared for. And and I suppose that's what makes felicity, felicity. I'm
1: hoping it does.
0: And because you said something about your family, your children and you know two, two, two dogs but it's you said something that was actually quite profound you said if we can form them in in a particular way I'd like to form them to love and and I suppose that goes back to the to the beginning of this chat where we talked about forming young people to be good people yeah that's what education should do and I suppose that's what you're doing in the classroom or at the school, but it's also what you're doing with your children now.
1: Yeah. Um, And I think it's that thing of I'm not going to change the world. I don't have the – I'm I'm not going to be famous enough to change the world. And I think this is where our students have to have this and and people have to have have this understanding as well. If you can love other people and they can go on to love other people, I I find that totally inspiring. Yeah. That you just continue to push out – goodness yeah and love yeah and that's the legacy that they
0: leave now you said to me that you got quite sick when giving birth to your second child joseph so joseph when you're listening to this this is about you and you described it as a transformative experience and as you know our podcast series is called a talking transformative love how did you experience transformative love during such a dark
1: time in your life? So when I was pregnant with Joseph, my heart rate um, went crazy. So they, they diagnosed me with something called atrial um, fibr- fibrillation. Mm. So that basically means that there was a tiny section of my heart that was being taken over and it forced my heart into a different heartbeat and also really fast. Yeah. So for a lot of people, when that happens, and it's, quite, it's not common, common, but it does happen, Enough that there are specialists out there, it's quite fixable. And really, you know, in a society like Australia, very easily accessed. What was the worst part about that was that I was carrying a baby. And yeah. so a lot of the things that were open to other people weren't open to me. Once they started to diagnose, there was that thing of what happens next? Yeah,
0: mm.
1: And you can when you're pregnant and hopefully there's lots of mums out there that you are in that protective mode of that baby yes you're blessed enough to you know i know lots of people don't have that lovely experience but you are in protective mode so as soon as that happened and when i realized i was in a, in a whole lot of trouble with this heart rate that just wouldn't slow down yeah and it just kept on, it kept on coming back. And I had my daughter, Jemima, at that stage, who was about two and a half. Yes. My husband, and we were, we'd only been back in Australia for a couple of years. So our, we were just starting to really form good friendship groups. What it did when it happened, I remember having to say to a friend, it doesn't feel like this should be happening to me. Yeah. Mm. I said, this doesn't feel like it should be happening to Felicity Noble. Yeah. I said, this, this, this is stuff that you hear happens to happens other, people, other people, not mm. me. I was really fit. I was healthy. I was young, ish, and it just it it knocked me sideways because it, it you it made me realise I'm not invincible.
0: Mm.
1: But at the same time, after and probably reflections on it further and further, as you know, Joseph's now eleven years of age, um, eleven and a half. It actually makes you go, what's important? Yes. What's important in the whole scheme of things, and that continues to come back to me with various other things that have happened over the last five or six years where you have to stop every now and then and go, What is important? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I think the pandemic did that to oh, us, didn't it?
1: And I think a lot of people found that with, within the pandemic as well, they they start to reassess and go, is that important? Is that important yeah. that I that I have these things if I do these things or, or what do I need to do? Yeah. And I think what it did for me was I think my kids are fantastic every mother and father thinks that about their kids but it made me go how do I parent yes how do I Mm. parent effectively and what does that look like
0: and what can I give them that they can take on yeah
1: yeah and also that these things happen to people and I know that my you know the measure of a person, I think, and I often say it to my, my kids, when when terrible things happen, that's the measure of the person. So when, when things are sailing along going really, really well, yeah, life's a dream. Yes. Mm. It's very easy to go, oh, I've got it, I've got it all sorted out. But it's when things happen to people and their response to it, that's the measure of the person. So you can sit back and go, oh, poor me, I was sick. Or poor me, this happened to me. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Yeah. And we're allowed to do that. I always say to my kids, you're allowed to do that. You can feel sorry for yourself, absolutely. Have that time, but the pity party's got to stop at at some point.
0: The response has got to kick in. Yep. Yeah.
1: And do you mm. come out swinging, or do you go meekly, you know, hide away? Do you do any of those things? So I believe that it's the measure of the person. What am I going to do next? Yeah. Yeah. I've been faced with this. Mm how's this going to operate yeah. next?
0: I was speaking to a friend of mine recently about, you know, when things get really tough, you know, do you react or do you respond? And a while back, I, I used to think, oh, you know, the, the, the wise thing to do is to respond. But I've actually come to this point where I, I think it's actually important to do both. I agree. Because we're not robotic. Yeah, uh, We need to react. Sometimes we react with anger or whatever, um, in whatever way we react. But I think reaction is important for us to express how we felt mm. and it actually helps us then to respond.
1: Absolutely. Um, and there is nothing wrong in this world than going away and having a really good cry when you are so frustrated. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with finding an outlet to go, that was really, really awful what's happened there. Yeah. What am I going to do? And yeah. it's okay. I, th- I think that's also the thing of that self-care, mm. to go, that was just really awful. Yeah, yeah. And find it and go, okay, I'm going to feel like this, but what am I going to do next? Yes. And you've got to find that way out. Yeah. And I think the self-care is important. It is, it is. And, and self- I, yeah. self-care can take on, you know, yeah. different ways. But I think you, you do have to acknowledge that sometimes awful things happen. Yeah mm. and that you cannot smile all the time no and that you've got to yeah. be left alone and but you've got to also go okay so what next what yeah. do i do mm. so and and what does that look like and keep on looking looking towards that something better yeah yeah so mm. w- when I, I had to stay in hospital for large amounts of time when i was pregnant with joseph and i used to lay there and think because i'd be tethered to the bed basically with um all hooked up on heart monitors because I had to keep track of my heart monitor all the time and I remember thinking at different points next week will be better yeah. like I wonder what it's going to be like next Monday surely they'll have answers to this that you know my electrocardiologist will have figured out what he's going to do next yes. mm. and it's just that constant looking looking, looking forward yeah with, with hope with hope yeah and when it didn't change. turn out just even yeah. going okay so that didn't work out that way what am i going to do next yes Mm. And I'll, you know, I'll I'll have a cry. I'll perhaps throw something, which I've... Not not at someone in particular. Yeah, and as a woman, we get so judged on,
0: I think, reaction. Yeah. You shouldn't be reacting.
1: And smile. Keep on smiling. Well, you don't have to smile. Grace Tames taught us that. No, no, exactly. And you can show. You can show your displeasure. You can show that you're annoyed. You can show all those things. Yeah. But it has to be... With that sense of well, what happens next yes yeah and it
0: gives you that chance to respond and process emotions and yeah so and
1: let people see it
0: yeah and I, I agree and I think that's vulnerability is so important because it's important for human relationships too yeah um, and I suppose transformative love can't happen without human relationships so I think it's important to be vulnerable with one another exactly mm. Now, we need to obviously speak about Mary Ward, the reason we're here. And Mary Ward has that famous uh, quote that we throw around, but sometimes I don't really think about let your vocation be constant, efficacious, and affectionate. Knowing what you know now about life, having and raising two children, and being a leader and an educator. What does that signify to you
1: i I just I always think of the sculpture of Mary Ward that mm. she was just she was so dressed for action
0: yeah the backpack the and backpack
1: everything. was on she was wearing clothes that just I mean not that the clothes are important, but she she was ready she was yeah. absolutely ready to go. I don't but know about the shoes though the shoes, they were the shoes were not the shoes were not practical <laughs> they were not a practical element of her outfit, and I'm sure that if she was given access to some better footwear, I'm sure that would have helped her. <laughs>
0: She just needed some good runners. Yeah, have, yeah, good, good yeah. hiking shoes, <laughs> which she didn't have. That would have
1: been, I reckon she would have been thankful. But <laughs> if, you, if you look at how she's positioned, how she's yeah. ready to go at Ballarat, she's facing the gate, she's ready for the world, that's, that's the vocation, that you just have to be ready and that you just, my dad used to say, now get on with it. Yeah. Get on with it. Keep going. Because even if you don't know, what's even ahead. if you and, and how exciting, and you can't help thinking this as well when those girls leave the gates, when those yeah. students leave the gates, they don't know, no, they have no idea how exciting. Hopefully, they'll find themselves doing something really fabulous, yeah, with, with love, with love, with a whole lot of love, a lot of action, and just being good Loretto people. Yeah, thank you, thank, thank you, you, Felicity. It's for been a
0: real pleasure, thank you, and we look forward to maybe part two.
1: <laughs> Thank God you. Helps. Thanks, Joanne.
0: Thanks for coming on the journey with us. This podcast was developed for Loretto Vocations Week. We want to continue the conversation, so we hope to see you at the next episode.